I've had some spectacular failures for sure. I was working in an ad agency just from a simple copy and paste error. I overspent our client's budget by $50,000. The day before, we had learned that a close family friend was diagnosed with leukemia. And then that morning, I found out that my wife was having twins. I brought it to my manager and he sort of recognized that I was having a really tough time with this. It was a good lesson for me as a manager that, you know, uh, how to deal with situations like that. Every person is a person and they have life and interests and loved ones and so forth outside of the office. Why do some companies succeed in driving growth while others fail? How do some individuals advance in their careers to lead teams that change industries? In the age of mobile, these are the stories of the companies shaping the way we interact with our world and the people who drive their growth. I'm Mada, and I'm the host for How I Grew This. I'm thrilled to have our next guest, Jason Wilson, who is currently the director of marketing at Overstock.com. Previously, Jason led display advertising team at Amazon, managing multi-million advertising budget, and was responsible for driving the adoption of Amazon Prime Instant Videos and Amazon Original Studio titles. So excited to have you on the show, Jason. Welcome. Thank you for having me. This is an honor. Uh, so tell us a little bit, you know, the world is so different since when I started this podcast and how are you doing during all of this? How is Overstock doing? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I think I'm doing well. Uh, you know, it's certainly an adjustment. Uh, this is a, a really interesting time. But in terms of Overstock, I think collectively as a company, our minds are obviously frequently on how we can help those who are, are having a difficult time or seeing how we can pitch in and help. And it's given us, I would say, a really a good time to sort of understand the needs of our customers and especially in this changing and, and stressful time. And so it's allowed us to make some changes to our business that I'm not sure that we would have kind of explored. Like we're offering free shipping on everything now. And it's just ways that we can help and, and make our customers' lives uh, easier and the shopping experience more convenient for them. How did you like figure out what were those things that you could change to help your customers? How did you make the, some of those changes and decisions? We have a whole customer organization that their whole focus is kind of listening to and understanding the needs of our customer. They do tons and tons of research and just really listening to, to the needs of our customer. And, and a lot of those ideas came from them. Some of the ideas were just sort of crowdsourced amongst the employees. And, you know, I think leadership at Overstock does a really good job of, of listening to the front lines and, and the sort of the boots on the ground. And, and that, I think, uh, leads to some of these great ideas. That's awesome. And how are you personally doing during this? You're uh, in Salt Lake City. How are you holding up to the shelter in place? We're doing good. I think, you know, luckily Utah is, you know, a little bit more sort of geodispersed uh, in terms of population than, than other parts of the country. And so I think we've been fortunate in that regard. So I don't think we've been hit as hard as some of the like more densely populated areas. And so, and I think people took it seriously and I think they were taking the right precautions and so forth. And so we have started, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, even today is May 1st. I think they start opening up some businesses and things like that under some pretty specific restrictions and so forth. And so they're, they're kind of slow playing it, but I think we're on an upward trend, which is nice to see. Any big learnings you guys have had as a business or maybe even you personally that you've had during this past couple of months? What was really nice to see in terms of learning um, was how the, our company was able to pivot so quickly, given these circumstances. I think we had a company stand up and, and we sort of announced that 
listen, you know, starting tomorrow, we're going to start to have some folks work from home. And then by the, and that I think was on a Friday and by the following Monday, they sort of upgraded to like a essential personnel only. And at least from my perspective, and I think this is shared widely throughout the company is that we haven't really skipped a beat. You know, certainly we have our challenges and, you know, there's stress on some customer service and supply chain and those sorts of things. But really, I think we've done a phenomenal job in, in delivering great product to customers, even under these stressful times. That's really great. I think, you know, the, this idea during these times, what's the role of a marketing team? I think I had a friend who reached out to me and said, hey, I've heard that a lot of marketers are being laid off. What do you think the value of marketing is during uh, during times like this? And how should marketers make sure that they prove their value to the companies that they're at? I can sort of, uh, I guess, only speak to kind of the experiences that I've had. But I think that, um, you know, in terms of how to prove value, I think that there's a couple of things that folks can focus on right now, and, and particularly in digital marketing. Number one is kind of understanding the customer and their shifting needs. I think you have to pay attention to and observe that the customers are looking for ways to to solve the same problems that they had before. They're just looking for new ways to do it under different restrictions and kind of observing the ways that they're doing that and meeting them where they are. I think that's really important. And in terms of like what marketers should be focused on right now. So I grew up with like the four P's of marketing, right? The product, price, place, and promotion. And I think now in terms of specifically with in kind of digital marketing, I like to think of it as there's like the four I's, right? So identity, intent, interest, and intelligence. So first of all is identity. So focusing on solving that problem, recognizing who your customers are and recognizing them enough to personalize their experience properly and both advertising and on your own site. And then with intent, you have to understand what problem they're trying to solve. What's the customer sort of looking for, right? Um, and then in terms of interest, like the intent of the customer uh, helps form the message, but you have to do it in a way that's going to capture their interest and making sure that you're creative and your messaging is piquing that interest. And then finally, uh, intelligence has to inform all three of those, right? So do you have the right AI? Do you have the right machine learning? Do you have the right algorithms in place to properly optimize and use technology to bear against the other three. How do you solve some of these problems at Overstock? I know you guys probably use branch for the identity, but how do you do the other ones like the intent and intelligence? So I think it's a good mix of both looking for partners, you know, such as branch that that have those problems kind of an out of the box solution. And again, I think as marketers, you have to sort of keep your ears to the street, which is somewhat harder to do given the current circumstances, but doing your best to kind of the research to see what's out in the market and what kind of out-of-box solutions are available, and then looking at what you can leverage in-house. And for Overstock, I say we do a really good mix of both of those things, bringing our own kind of in-house technology and intelligence to bear on some of these, but also you know not reinventing the wheel when there's a good out-of-the-box solution available. Interesting. So, okay, one one last question about the environment, and then I would love I'll move on to asking more about your background. But the last question, and this is something I've kind of like I'm doing these roundtables, and I've seen um, a lot of trends and people talking a lot about is this a, a, the right time to spend on advertising? And what are you thinking? Uh, have you seen any trends in the market? We've heard that advertising spend is down, that costs are lower, but we've also seen people seeing a lot more organic traffic or not being able to convert. So we've seen um, 
both people who are doing very well during this period and people who are not actually not spending that much on advertising. What's been your experience? Any trends you, you're willing to share? So I think in terms of trend, I think you're right. I think there's been several reports on that. And it makes sense, right? If you're an advertiser and you're looking to kind of keep cash in your business, one of the easiest ways to sort of pull back is on your advertising spend, right? And that's a good way to keep cash in reserve if there's, you know, disruptions in supply chain or, you know, you're not seeing the conversions or just your business is in decline. So I get that. What we have also seen, in fact, I read an article on Forbes recently that said internet traffic is up more than 70%, which makes sense with all the people staying at home and sheltering in place and so forth. So, you know, if you think back to like Econ 101, if you have uh, a decrease in demand, right, fewer advertisers spending, and you have an increase in supply, which is more traffic and more advertising inventory on the internet, uh, then prices go down precipitously. And so it's definitely a trend that we have seen and are, are paying attention to. And we're, we're doing our best to sort of optimize to those abnormal auction dynamics that we're seeing. So, but I think particularly speaking for overstock and kind of the home furnishings category, you know, so many people, their home now has to be a school, it has to be an office, it has to be a playground, it has to be kind of everything. And so luckily, you know, Overstock is well positioned to help customers find some great deals to remake their space and fit their changing needs. I have a few things in my apartment, like this table, I think I bought it on Overstock a few years ago. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. You guys are doing an awesome job. Awesome. <laughs> What got you to get into marketing? I really enjoyed marketing kind of all the way back in high school. There was like a marketing club that I was a part of and really enjoyed it. And, you know, I always thought that marketing was the Mad Men, Don Draper kind of perspective of, you know, just sitting in a room and thinking <laughs> up of these like interesting uh, pitches and so forth. And so I kind of always had that sort of nostalgic view of it all. And then as I studied more and went through college and so forth, and I had a broader understanding of all the things that went into it. But really, I think what I love about marketing is a good marriage of like data analytics and human behavior, both of which interest me. But I guess in terms of like, my background, you know, the quick version is uh, I sort of cut my teeth in digital marketing uh, about a decade ago uh, in Seattle, and I worked with some um, some big agencies there, working on brands like Microsoft and T-Mobile and Best Buy and some others. Uh, and then 2014, I went to Amazon and managed the programmatic media for Amazon Studios and all of their original content, like. Man in the High Castle and Transparent and Mozart in the Jungle and all of those. Uh, and then 2016, I moved over to Overstock, uh, where I've been running display and social advertising for coming up on four years now. I imagine then media and e-commerce are actually very different. You look for different things. You know, in e-commerce, it's a different type of conversion. With Amazon, you promote everything, but everything, once you have a Prime membership, what made you like made the switch? I think what was nice about sort of working at Amazon and working on kind of the video services, right, is it was a very particular thing, right? We, we were trying to get folks to, to watch a show and it was, a, it was kind of very simple in that regard. But what was interesting about Overstock and kind of when they reached out to me about coming there, you know, I'm certainly always up for new challenges and, and new opportunities and so forth. But the more I learned about the company and I was just really impressed at the level of sophistication and so forth. For uh, I tell the story all the time, but um, and it's slightly embarrassing. But when they kind of reached out and and we were kind of working through my my transition over there, in the back of my mind, sort of subconsciously, my thought was, 
you know, I, ha- I worked at these agencies in Seattle and obviously worked at Amazon and, you know, that I was going to sort of come to Overstock and sort of show them how to do digital marketing, right? And again, very embarrassing, but I was quickly humbled and just blown away at the both the level of sophistication uh, of like the strategy, but also like the technical prowess that they were bringing to bear on on their marketing efforts. And it's been really gratifying professionally to to work there. And frankly, it feels a little bit like, you know, I get to dip a toe in the academic world, right? There's certainly a lot of practical work that we do, but we have so many uh, intelligent folks that are, you know, really developing some interesting and innovative approaches to like these marketing problems that, that we're facing. And it's really rewarding to be a even a small part of. That's really awesome. You guys, I think, do really awesome also when it comes to organic and SEO. I mean, every time I've bought something from Overstock, it's always been I was looking for something and then the best, you guys had the best search results and then I started like really uh, looking at, it was really, in, in my case, it was definitely intent, as you said. You captured my intent and then you you made me a, a customer for life because then I got the app and, and all of that. So um, you guys are definitely doing awesome. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> you've done, I think since you've been there, you've had some really awesome uh, results. I think you increased the traffic at Overstock by 44% without any increase in media spending. And you've had some, you know, great success at Amazon as well uh, when it came to programmatic budget allocation. Tell us some of the growth stories, some some either campaigns or initiatives that you led that did really well uh, that our listeners can learn from. There's a couple that sort of come to mind, but I think from a broader perspective, I think it's the the kind of understanding the ease with which now uh, kind of technology has brought to bear on digital marketing, meaning that like, you know, before, even when I started, there was still a lot of kind of old school approaches to to media and marketing, right? Like going out and signing an IO and, you know, sending money off to a publisher and then kind of crossing your fingers and hoping that it works out and sort of watching those metrics. And I think kind of with the kind of auction environment and programmatic media has really changed the game and allow people to sort of day trade attention. I think I'm borrowing that phrase from uh, another popular marketer, but I think that that's a really interesting, innovative approach to marketing. I think that, uh, you know, watching that kind of develop over my career has been something that uh, has been really interesting and being kind of internally um, kind of an evangelist and advocate for that has been really rewarding. That's really awesome. Do you have any like actual, I don't know, results that you can share? Totally okay if not. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you mentioned one in which we did that we ran a test um, where we just changed, we use, for instance, like dynamic creative optimization, right? Again, bringing technology to bear on on campaigns uh, and using technology to kind of make the creative decisions for the kind of design of the ads and so forth. And that was one test that we we ran with a partner that showed among, within that campaign, we had a 44% increase in the effectiveness, increase in, in traffic for that campaign. And we didn't change the media spend at all, right? The budget for that campaign stayed, remained the same. So things like that, I think, are, are really interesting to me, leveraging technology to drive increase in efficiency. How about the time when you tried something, maybe a campaign or an optimization that you thought would do great, but then it didn't, it tanked? Plenty of failure stories, uh, for sure. So, and that's an interesting uh, question as well. And it sort of brings to mind uh, something that uh, our CMO at Overstock, uh, JP Nab, said one time we were in a meeting and he was mentioning kind of some of the um, 
uh, I think it was a site test that we were doing. And he kind of mentioned that, and it really stuck with me. He said, uh, we don't count our failures. And the idea being that when a test fails, we can stop it and, and we learn from it. And then when a test wins, right, when it comes out to be an improvement, those compound and we keep adding on to the different improvements over time. And again, over time, those improvements will always outweigh any of the losses that we took in testing. And so you can stop your failures, but your wins compound. I think that that's really a good perspective for testing and uh, obviously is true in life as well. But I've had some spectacular failures for sure. One was uh, that comes to mind was when uh, I was working in an ad agency just from a simple copy and paste error when I was doing an optimization, I overspent our client's budget by $50,000. That's a lot. Which was pretty rough because our agency uh, had to eat that cost. Wow, they had to eat it. Yeah, That's right, because we didn't sort of abide by the, the terms of the contract, right? So not only did I do that, uh, the day before, we had learned that a close family friend uh, was diagnosed with leukemia. And then that morning, I found out that my wife was oh, wow. having twins. Oh, so my God. <laughs> needless to say, that was kind of uh, tough to deal with. And it would have been tough to deal with under normal circumstances, but kind of all that other stuff going on. And I kind of recognized the error. I brought it to my manager. And, and to his credit, he sort of recognized that, you know, I was a fairly resilient person, but I was having a really tough time with this. And so he kind of took me aside and like, he was like, listen, this is a big deal. Like he didn't minimize it, but he said, like, don't sweat it. Like, we'll figure this out. We'll get it taken care of. And it was a good lesson for me, you know, as as a manager that, you know, uh, how to deal with situations like that. You know, every person is different, but more importantly, like every person is a person and they have life and interests and loved ones and so forth outside of the office. And so that was a, a good lesson That's for awesome. me. Any other mentors you've had? I mean, this sounds like a great manager that you probably learned from. Any other mentors and advice that you've listened to and acted on? Yeah, sure. So I've been, I think I've been really, really fortunate in terms of most of the managers that I've had have been just top notch. Even my current manager as well, uh, the VP that I answer to is we kind of had a new uh, transition and I'm I'm already learning a ton from him. But two that kind of come to mind, uh, number one is one of my professors in college, uh, Dr. Ed Love, uh, was a dear mentor of mine. And he taught me a lot. Uh, he was a marketing professor and so taught me a lot about marketing, but also he, to give you kind of an idea of his character. So before every semester, he would memorize every student from their kind of student ID, their picture and their name. And so when they, the very first day you would get to class, he knew your name. And so, you know, he would start and just go through class pardon me, normally. And he, you know, he would say something like, great question, Brad, or yes, Jessica, did you have a question or whatever? And like, use your name. And it was a very kind of startling experience, but it showed to the students that he took his job seriously and he did his homework and we probably should as well. But in terms of like advice and so forth, I had a, a recent mentor, our VP of retention, uh, Casey Holbrook, and his best advice, I think, came from uh, his example. So I'm not sure he said it explicitly, but one thing that I learned from him was to make sure that you are managing up just as much as you're managing down. And I really kind of admire his approach to leadership and his fierce loyalty to his team. Uh, he's a very down-to-earth guy, but he's not afraid to ask difficult questions, whether it's, you know, his direct report or his superiors. And so that was something that was, I think, I took as, as good advice for me as well. And what advice do you have for someone who is maybe early in their career and they're trying to grow uh, as a, in a leadership role in marketing or maybe even trying to get into marketing? What I would do is focus on, focus on your craft, but also focus on the customer. 
for giving the analogy, but the first rule of medical inquiry is to ask the patient where it hurts. And the patient is always your best guide to uh, correct diagnosis and eventual remedy. And I feel like that holds true for marketing as well. And so making sure you're asking the customer what their needs are and meeting them where they're at and kind of making sure that that is what's informing your marketing efforts, I think will always win. Above and beyond that, I think some of the other things I talked about, you know, like understanding identity and intent and interest and, and leveraging the new technologies that are available to new marketers, I think is, is another way to grow business and kind of understanding the, the marketing ecosystem. And what skills do you think like someone, you know, wanting to be one day, uh, you know, in your position or, or in other marketing leadership positions, what skills should they work on developing now? So I think understanding the, I would go to some of the platforms that are kind of open, right? I'm thinking like Facebook Ads Manager, Google AdWords, those sorts of things that are are kind of open and learning the ins and outs of those platforms, I think. Are, and, and I'm speaking a lot from the display and social perspective, right? Uh, that's where my expertise lies. But I think understanding even the dynamics of a kind of auction-based media buying system is really important and, and gives you a good perspective as folks are coming up. But again, I think hitting on kind of identity and intelligence and intent and interest and so forth, I think those are kind of the concepts that will drive these technologies forward in the future. Okay, so now we're going to go to the most fun part of the podcast, which is the three questions of our lightning round. So if you had to delete all the apps on your phone and you could only keep one app what would it be? And I'm assuming like Chrome doesn't count. No, right? that could be the app. <laughs> like, that could be the app. It's kind of a cheat answer. Okay, then that That's one definitely, right? Is I think you can do... Uh... <laughs> you get access to everything. <laughs> no one else has right, right, answered yeah. that before. I'm, I'm always looking for an angle, right? So yeah, I would say Chrome for sure. If not, then like probably my calendar app or something, which I, everything is in there. And that's what keeps me like sane and focused during the it sounds kind of lame but that's what keeps me focused during the day is you know paying attention to my calendar making sure i'm kind of hitting the things i need to but um other than that yeah for sure chrome because you can basically do anything with that i think that's a really interesting answer and uh i wish i had thought of it so if you could have an app if someone had designed an app and said okay you can pick one animal and you can talk to this type of animal and this one specific animal who would you pick mm, um so top of mind, so we just got some baby chicks okay. a few weeks ago, uh, and my kids are kind of taking care of those. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of fun. So I would love to kind of talk to them and see what they're thinking. And, you know, my wife is doing like mountains of research on how to take care of chickens and, and so forth. And so I think kind of going directly to the source might be might be helpful, but... I'm sure there's better answers than that, but that's just uh, no. That's it's it's like it's an awesome. Right I mean, we've had tigers because people are watching the Netflix show. So, oh right, <laughs> actually, Dimitri, my co-founder, uh, raises chickens. So, if you ever want, he's been doing this for a long time. Oh, wow. uh, he only eats meat. He kills himself. He also has a lot of eggs and stuff. So if you ever want, I can connect you with him. He's a uh, very interesting dude. Sometimes he brings the chicks to the Zoom calls. So. <laughs> uh, you know, the last one to get to know you better. What's the most unlikely app on your phone? Again, maybe this is just top of mind, but a couple of weeks ago when there was like a, everyone was kind of nesting in their home, my wife and I both downloaded an app called Draw Something. It's like the Pictionary app that was super popular like 10 years ago. So we downloaded it again and we've been playing that back and forth to keep us occupied. Oh, that's awesome. That, that sounds like a really yeah. fun one. Cool. Thank you so much for your time. This was super interesting and thanks for all the advice and the stories. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this and share with someone trying to grow their career. Until next time, keep growing. Keep growing.